There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Wrestling with Freddy. And today's episode is a very special episode because of you. Today is our Ask Freddy episode. That was our hashtag, and y'all came through big time. So a ton of appreciation for you, a ton of appreciation for professional wrestling. And let's start the show. Wrestling with Freddy starts right now. Now, stepping up to the mic, the host of Wrestling with Freddy, Freddy Prince Jr. All right, everybody, welcome back. Sorry for the bad Sean Connery impression. Uh, today's episode was Ask Freddy. We got tons of questions from all of y'all fine ladies and germs. And I'm going to get through as many as I can. And I will try not to side quest. Um, although some of you probably like the side quest more. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep an open mind and we'll see where the river takes us. So today, if I get any names wrong, I apologize. A lot of these, I feel like I cannot screw up. So we're going to start right away with Haley Hales, and I'm reading some of these for the first time, so you're going to get honest reactions. Here we go. Haley Hales asks from Twitter, throughout your tenure with WWE, was there ever a time where you thought you might be fired for doing something? No, I was never afraid I would lose my job, but that's not to say there weren't times where I was almost fired. I just don't, I just don't know about him. <laughs> Maybe Bruce Pritchard would know. You could ask his. Were, were you guys ever going to secretly fire Freddie? No, I never got in any trouble when I worked there. I had a couple segments that Vince didn't feel worked or that Vince didn't like that he would yell about. But I it, that was never like, oh, my gosh, am I going to get fired? That's just two people with different ideas arguing. And that's, to me, is rarely a bad thing if they're both if both people have the same goal in mind, which is let's make the best thing. When one person's goal is simply screw you, then no, that's not a healthy conversation. But I never had any of those. Haley Hales. Our next question is from Komahan. Oh, like Han Solo in the coma and the Carbonite, maybe? Different fans want different things with wrestling. Some companies try to be a buffet. Yes, they do. 
Some target specific audiences, also true. How would you balance a national company between character-driven moral stories, athletic sport-like competition, grandeur, nice word, etc.? What's the ideal mix for you, ask FPJ? So, Komahan, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I don't think there's anything wrong with buffet wrestling, though that's not what I would want to do if I were making a a wrestling (laughs) federation. But there is something to be said for that, a little something for everyone. And that's definitely the WWE style per Vince McMahon's own lips. You know, he said to me verbatim, this is, this is vaudeville. We give the people a little bit of everything, a little bit of song dance, which was literal back then. It was not Lillian Garcia. It was uh, Jillian. And she, her gimmick was to sing poorly. So the crowd would boo and when the babyface female wrestler would come out and beat her up and more importantly, shut her up, then the crowd would cheer and would love our babyface female wrestler. So he literally put song and dance into the show. That's not exactly my style, but when I was young, I didn't, you know, I didn't mind it at all. Then there's cater to your, to the more of the social media, hardcore, the vocal fans, which is more the AEW style, which gets it right and gets it wrong, just like WWE. Although I do give AEW credit for the best wrestling story in over a decade with the MJF and CM Punk storyline, which if you haven't seen it, I'm sure someone edited it together on YouTube, if not AEW themselves and their social media and YouTube group, they cut together some pretty awesome stuff. So you should even check that out. They're less buffet and they cater, I think, more to the modern wrestling fan. And then there's smaller promotions that do just female wrestling. The Japanese promotions, which is more a strong beat em up, tough guy, kind of even tough girl style, which people like. Although maybe in Japan they call theirs buffet style. I don't know. And the GCWs that do more hardcore and deathmatch stuff. I think for me, and I can't say too much, and I don't know if your question was was evil enough to be trying to figure out what I'm going to try to do with my federation. But if it is, kudos, but it didn't work. Mine is certainly going to be in a specific lane, and it's going to lean into that lane as much as all of us physically and emotionally can. But I will be global as far as the type of talent that I'm looking for. I feel I have a really smart way to protect non-English speaking talent. I feel I have a really smart way to protect talent that's maybe not so strong on the mic, but their wrestling is super legit and they just need someone to help them out. In the old days, uh, we have managers speak for them. And in the, in the, in the new day, in the, in the contemporary wrestling world, it, it still works as well. Uh, if you have the right kind of voice. Paul Heyman, I guess, is the perfect example of that. Although my favorite manager of all times, Mr. Fuji, who wasn't even that great on the mic, but I just loved him. But I think I have a unique way to to do it that I'm sure it's been done before, but not to my knowledge. I'm no historian, but uh, I look forward to surprising people with that. Hopefully it's a surprise and I don't get a million people going, oh, that was done in 1933. If so, sorry, born in 76. So, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. I think it does, but it'll certainly be in a specific, in a specific lane. Next we have X420, 420. That's what you get, bro. Or chick. I don't know who you are. Asks Freddie. 
That's me. I've listened to most of your podcast apps. Mo- Hold on. Most. For t- if your hashtag is 420, you and I both know how much damn free time you have on your hands. And you've only listened to most. I get that Cornette and the others give you two and a half, three hours, and that can maybe fill a day. But come on, man. You can listen to me while you're driving to the shop, right? 420? Or maybe you're a delivery dude and you're helping people out. You can listen to me on your delivery. It'd be the perfect amount of time. And you've listened to most of the episodes. I'm skipping your quit. No, I'm just joking. Here we go. You've dropped nuggets along the way, then did the full app about your own wrestling promotion. Yes, I did. What's the most important to have slash grow? Hardcore fan base or casual fan base? I think there's a way to have one show that serves the house audience with edits and cuts that they never see that would make it to the TV version of that same house show. I think there's a way to do that. And I think I have a way to do that, which makes the house show feel more hardcore than it would to a television distributor, so to speak. As far as what's important to grow, your house has to be a hot crowd. Whether you have 150 attendees, which are some of my favorite wrestling shows that I've been to, by the way, or whether you have 100,000 attendees, either way, your crowd has to be hot for the TV product to have energy. I used to hate the what chant. I really did. I've said this before. But I, when there were no more crowds during the pandemic, I got how wrong I was. That energy was gone and the magic was gone. Imagine being a magician and doing tricks for no one. When you know how the trick is done, you're going to impress yourself? What do you even, why, why did you take up magic as a profession if there's going to be no crowd? So I was, I was dead wrong and, and dead ass arrogant on that. My experience came from television where there is no audience, minus sitcoms, of course. And I didn't like theater. I liked movies. I think you have to dedicate a great portion of your energy into servicing the people who bought tickets over servicing the people that turn on a television. And I think if you take care of one, that magic exists and it in turn can take care of the other. If someone's not going to watch, they're not going to watch. There's a million cop shows on. Law and Order still gets a better rating than all of them. But there's a million of them. So there's room for a million wrestling shows. People are going to watch what they like and watch what they connect to. So I think that answers your question. I think if you appetize the hardcore, you can gain the mainstream. Look what punk rock did. Punk rock stayed true to itself, and then the mainstream embraced it. And music evolved over time, like all art does. But horror films, which were very niche back in the day, get $100 million budgets today, and they don't need it. <laughs> you can scare people for a lot less. And art always changes, just like, just like punk rock music and just like wrestling. But I think when you stay true to the, to the foundation of it, that can, that can be best. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, next question is at Reefism. I know this dude from Twitter. I know Reefism. He's very vocal, whether he's, he's pro or con, my opinion at the time. What is the best wrestling match you've seen in person? I mean, that's, that's pretty easy. It upsets some people based on the content, but I think if people investigate the damage that was done to that man's brain, which was the, the cause of him doing da- such horrible damage to his family, then hopefully you can get around me saying this. If you can't, I understand you can be upset with me. You're allowed those feelings. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings by saying this. So I'm just answering a question, but the best match I ever saw in person was Kurt Angle and the late Chris Benoit at Staples center. And it was a repeat of a match they had in Boston. I remember Shaq came in and the crowd went crazy because Shaq came in and I was like, I only heard the applause. I said, wait, let's go. Why are they cheering so loud? This is just a regular spot. And then I saw this seven foot, 300 plus pound dude walk by. It was the best match I ever saw in person because neither man stopped moving for 30 minutes. Like it was, it was so insane. That I hope answers your question. And, and anyone that I offended, please remember that's, that's, not, that's not my intention. It was just the best, it was the best match I ever saw. Next question is from 212Q underscore JG man. To make sure that no one's name is like a prank against me where I'm saying stuff like the way y'all got Michael Bisbee because I'm not young and quick anymore. All right, JG, man. If you were able to go back in time to before you worked at the WWE, knowing how it turned out, would you still have agreed to work for them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing turned out poorly. I loved what I was able to accomplish there. I loved the opportunities that I was able to provide for the the people I was there in the short amount of time I was there. I've heard from wrestlers since I left who said, thank you, this helped me so much, or that helped. Little things that I didn't even realize at the time. I mean, I did Gerald Briscoe and, and JBL's podcast, and Briscoe, I'm sure he says it to everybody, just to be polite, but he said, 
hey, you left the business better than you than you inherited it. And I, that meant a lot to me. You know, again, even if it was just polite, he didn't have to he didn't have to say that at, at, at the end of the show. But I I took it and and I I believed it because I felt like I did good work when I was there. So regardless of of the challenges and all that stuff, no, I would I wouldn't change a thing. I would hundred percent go there. Next question is from Media Uncharted. What are some wrestling cliches that you think are overused or sick of seeing? Referees getting something in their eyeballs. That's pretty much that's pretty much in 2022. I don't think refs need to I'm not saying they can't ever be distracted. The eye, the eye thing is silly. Some of the distractions that are used in the mainstream are still silly to me. Some are, are totally acceptable. I get that interference from the outside, a manager yelling at him, an opponent barking at him, sometimes to the point where they get thrown out of the ring. I don't get mad at that. But the, the silly distractions I get a little sick of. Contract signings, maybe, but every once in a while you still see a good one. So I don't think that's played out. I think it's just not always done well. So I, th- I would go with the, the I got something in my eye cliche. That's the one. That's the one I'm done with, man. Next question is from Jim underscore K-O-W, Jim Cow. Is there someone, either WWE or AEW, that you think is underutilized? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you think is underutilized? And if so, how would you book them to get over? I like that. Thank you for the challenge. Okay. All right. Here we go. First of all, the return of Alexa Bliss was was a complete and total tragedy. They literally just said, here's a match. No story whatsoever. Here's a match. But they just brought her back, so maybe they have something. So I'm not going to dump on that just yet. But Kevin Owens, man, I I feel he should be playing in major stories all the time. I think it's unfair to use him in stories that if anyone else was trying to sell it, it there's just no way that the story would work or that you would invest anytime but his level of commitment and his his talent and his ability to execute that talent in the ring and on the mic is next level so he's like writer proof right like there's actors you all have seen movies where you're like yo this movie sucks but actor x is rocking the shit out of this so i'm gonna stick with it whether whether it's male or female you might like the dog the air bud movies and you're like yo this movie sucks but man that dog hit a home run like whatever it is it's the lead of that that film that that makes you watch, you know, irrespective of the words coming out of their mouth. Oh, how you like that, Mister Who Wrote Grandeur? In your question, I just hit him with irrespective. I just hit you back. So that's how I feel about that. It's hard to say he's underutilized. I just feel maybe. Nah, I'm sticking with that. He should be a major title player. He should always be competing or up near the top with, say, Cody, Seth, Roman, Bobby. Anybody who's at at world championship level, he should be involved with one of their character storylines at all times. All right, next question. From ML Gavin. If you could watch... (laughs) This is a good question. If you could watch two celebs fight in a TLC match, that's tables, ladders, and chairs for all you civilians, who would they be? This is good. All right, I like this very much. Two celebs... In a table's ladders and chairs. So basically, who do I want to see? What two actors do I want to see just get annihilated? <laughs> I would. We're going to do. I might give you two matches. All right. First of all, Chet peep this. I already have the match. And these are two friends of mine who I love very much. And both of them love wrestling. But I would love to see Seth Green 
which is Scott Evil, if you guys don't know who that is, versus Macaulay Culkin. I don't have to tell you what movies he was in. In a tables, ladders, and chairs match, they're, they're smaller than luchadors. They would literally fly. If he jumped off a 10-foot ladder, it would look like it was 30 feet up. I'm, I would love to, and I love them, and they would get hurt. I would, I would visit them in the hospital and, and give them kind words. But Seth Green versus Macaulay Culkin in a TLC match. And on the women's side, I'm putting Rachel Lee Cook in there against Jennifer Love Hewitt and Rachel Lee Cook's going over big, big. And I'll, it's a squash match. And I'm not giving the women less time because I'm a misogynist. It's just because Rachel's so powerful and unpredictable that she just annihilates love in less than three minutes. I give him three minutes with entrances. And I give Seth and, <laughs> Seth and Mac, I give him 35 minutes. <laughs> That's my favorite question of the day. Not the best question, ML Gavin, but my favorite question. Our next question is from Oliva underscore Andrew. Call you Olive. We're going to call you Olive. How's that? All right, Olive. If you could pick, ooh, okay. If you could pick any wrestler in the history of the business to be the top guy in your new company, who would it be? So this is pretty easy because you don't just want to go to who was super successful. You have to go to whom had the biggest cultural impact, right? Cultural impact. Where people who didn't even know wrestling knew who your top guy was. Cultural impact. So the go-to for most people around our age would probably be Hulk Hogan. But I'm not a Hogan guy. I was, I was like the bad guys. I was an Andre the Giant guy. So if I was going to do cultural, like we could go hardcore, like down in Mexico and go El Santo, right? Who's probably, I mean, you could argue is on the Mount Rushmore of cultural impact in professional wrestling. If you don't know who he is, that's okay. I'm not here to dump on you. Just look up his impact in Mexico (laughs) and you'll, you'll, you'll see, man. Dude's birthday is a holiday. I think you have to go Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because it was the ultimate fantasy, which was punching your boss. Well, if your boss is cool, then you don't have this fantasy. But for the working man, for the blue collar man and woman, for that matter, Stone Cold represented everything you wanted to do but couldn't. And you knew maybe your boss is bigger than you, so you couldn't throw a punch because he whooped your butt. If you lived through Stone Cold's eyes, that wasn't going to happen. You were you were getting the W. So I think I'd have to start it with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, his presence is still felt with the what chant today in any wrestling federation. I don't know if they do it in Japan. I don't think so. They're so respectful. The crowds are so insanely respectful. But everywhere else, it's still done. So I think you got to go with uh, with the rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve. He was, getting, he was drinking beer on live TV, man. Like He got away with a lot. At one true Richie, has there ever been a talent that pitched an idea to you that you didn't think would work, but did? That's a pretty good question. I mean, we spoke at length about the Dolph Ziggler. We did an episode dedicated to the man, but he didn't come up with that. Brian Gewertz came up with it, and Vince came up with the gimmick of him just introducing himself. And I did not think that was going to work at all. And I was dead ass wrong. But as far as a wrestler pitching me an idea that I then later saw that worked, Man, I'm trying to think. This doesn't exactly go to your question, but I worked with EC3 
back when NXT was like a like a mentor show, like young rookie wrestlers, even though they weren't rookies, they're working with a WWE mentor to learn how to wrestle. And he was one of them. And they gave him like this goofy gimmick where he was like a comedy guy. And he was always kind of pitching more serious stuff. But I didn't think it wouldn't work. He just wasn't going to have the opportunity to get that bit over at that time because they just didn't see that. They wanted silly stuff. And then when he went to TNA, he became that guy. And that gimmick got over real quick. And he got that over really well, too. And he's still working that gimmick today. But none of us was like, yeah, that, that's not going to work. It just that that wasn't going to happen for him. He wasn't going to receive that type of an opportunity there. So that's as close to answering that one as I can get, Rich. All right. This one is for at Merck Z underscore Maverick. If you had an opportunity to develop any type of video game for consoles, what type of game would you choose? And why is your show so dope? Love you. All right. So we'll get a little off topic here. This will be our side quest for the day. Two of my favorite worlds have been done already. The Wild West, which Red Dead Redemption 2 is a perfect game. They've already done that. So I don't want to do something that someone else has done perfectly because I wouldn't be able to make it as good. And their stories in that were great too. And they pulled from the same movies that I would have pulled from. I wrote a a Dungeons and Dragons story, a much longer one for the Up Up Downtown people at WWE. I was their dungeon master for season three and wrote like a five and a half hour story for them that they broke into, I think, four or five episodes Originally, we were talking about doing another one and making it much longer, and it was literally the Wild West, and a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 was in there, a lot of it, with my own stuff. I did a lot of, uh, well, we still may do it, so I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, so I wouldn't want to do that, so I'll go with this. I was a huge cyberpunk nerd. I have, over the pandemic, written a custom, futuristic-ish, tabletop role-playing game that I can't say the name of yet. Or maybe I have on social media already. It's called Asphalt and Augments. And it's basically like if Street Outlaws and Cyberpunk took mushrooms and had a baby. I would probably create something in there because the Cyberpunk game was not what it should have been. I know they did an update and improved it a lot, but it was... It was not, it just wasn't as special as it should have been. And that's not all the developer's fault. You know, most of it is the studio's fault. These release dates that they insist on having to make themselves look Hollywood, even though they hate Hollywood, is so stupid. Games and movies with this quarterly crap, once things got publicly traded, you were getting movies made without scripts. Without scripts. There was a movie called The Avengers, not the Marvel one. It was with Rafe Fiennes, Uma Thurman, and Sean Connery is the villain. And it was based off, you know, it was an intellectual property based off an, an old, older show or whatever. Yeah, a show called The Avengers, whatever it was. British, British show. They legit started filming without a script. They started filming a movie without a script because they had to get out X amount of films quarterly. And this had been approved by their publicly traded company with, based on we have this cast, this actor, this actor, and this actor. And it was, they were starting to do analytics saying this actor equals this amount of revenue at the box office instead of, hey, let's get some good actors and make a movie. Once all this stuff became corporate, man, to get a good game, you have to really give it up to the developers who have to 
not drive over speed bumps. I mean, they're driving over the Grand Canyon, only there's no bridge. They got to jump it and hope they don't end up like Thelma and Louise. So shout out to video game developers everywhere. And this ends our side quest. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. PFT Asia Tour. We're going to make your name very European. Did you ever sneeze around Vince McMahon? I don't think so if i did i didn't care i mean it's a net it's a normal thing i i know i've heard all like the gross stories and all that but he just plays it up you know I mean, he doesn't like it but who wants to get sneezed on who wants to get sick nobody but i think that's been blown up more than it actually is or when i worked there at one point it had been a real thing but even he kind of played it up a little bit at this point but i never got in trouble for sneezing damon moves is our next questioner. I'm going to try to refrain from asking you any she's all that questions. Everyone thinks a WWE writer is a dream job, but what are things that fans don't know that would ruin their expectations of the job? Pressures, deadlines, etc. Oh, we just spoke about deadlines in our previous video game segment. Well, I mean, if it's your dream job, I don't know what... Ru- I, this, is, this is tricky because I... Look... All writers' jobs can be difficult in the modern age. If you knew how many rewrites a script went through from the moment a studio buys it to the movie you see on screen, you would vomit in in pity for the original writer. Because sometimes there's five, six writers on a single script. A lot of them don't even go credited and just get paid a little bit extra to not be credited. The writer's life, again, in the in the corporate modern world is is hell. It's hell. And the notes you're getting, you have to remember, you're getting notes from people who have never written a script, 
who have never been to college and taught a class on screenwriting. They just want to put their fingerprints, meaning their ego compels them to give a note. They want their fingerprints on something so they can say when they go, oh, I like this. They go, oh, well, I had a great deal to do with that. This was my note. And that's okay. That's a human instinct. And there's nothing wrong with that. But an assertive artist to protect their own ideas, their own creativity, when something they know is bad for what they've created, they must say, I'll try to make that work. But if I can't, we're going to have to cross this bridge again. And it's important that writers are straight up, incredibly important that they're straight up. And a lot of them get nervous because the person buying their script is their boss and they feel entitled to notes and they are. It's a natural human instinct. But a lot of times those notes get you so far off what the original idea was and all the note givers are so inside the forest that they don't see outside that. They only see it from their tiny prism and it destroys ideas. So that's something if you're an aspiring WWE writer that you can get or any type of writer you can get ready for emotionally because it's a roller coaster and it's hell, not a good one. It's not Six Flags. It's not, what was that sick one in Colorado? Eliches. It's not Eliches. It sucks. It sucks. Very rare do you get something through with no notes. I think I had one promo. Well, they didn't touch my Jeff Hardy stuff, but an Undertaker promo that got zero notes from anybody. And that, that was a big deal. But that's a big deal in Hollywood too. I mean, everything's, it gets changed so, so much. And even the actors on script sometimes are changing lines. If what you wrote that reads beautifully sounds horribly coming out of their head, they're not going to want to say that. They're going to want to change it and make it more their own. So any type of writer outside, maybe a novelist where you just have an editor, I think is just a hell crap job and you shouldn't do it. (laughs) Mike Effin Murphy. Yeah. This is my Mike Effin Murphy voice. Hey, when you open your own promotion, are we going to get to see you take some bumps? I want to see that jujitsu in action too. Hell effing no. No, I'm not taking bumps. And it really isn't to be about me. I want it to be, well, let me say this. If I have to be in it to get it sold on TV when it's ready to go, then I'll be in it. It would be in a minor way, but I would find a way to make that work. But in no way, shape, or form will I be inside a ring in between the start and finish bell. No way, dude. No way. That's not that's not what I want to do with, with my brand. That's not really who I am at this age, maybe in my 20s. But I appreciate you wanting to see me get beat up. I respect that. Craig Fraser. Fraser. We're going Fraser. Now we're going to mess it. We're going to go Fraser, like Fraggle Rock. If you could go back to 2001 and book a DX versus NWO invasion angle, how would you book it and who goes over? Look, man, DX is winning. I know that I wasn't Hunter's favorite person when I worked there. But before the Jeff Hardy thing, he and I were cool, man. Like we showed each other respect. It was the Jeff thing that kind of turned him off on me and and had him keep specific wrestlers away from me but as far as as triple h the wrestler like that's dx all day and this would be the quickest booking ever because i would have had that tank go straight through the wall of that arena having him go in there and just beat up everybody 
and just have it be a full-on shoot invasion where we're having to pay for the construction of an arena in Georgia. So that's how I would book that. Death. Death to the NWO. Which leads us to our next question from Whale Wolf Jones. This is Sean Connery. What's something you see in today's pro wrestling landscape that you don't see yourself doing with your promotion? That's a pretty good question, Mr. Connery. I mean, Mr. Wolf Jones. Sorry, it's such a good impression. Tricked myself. I don't want any supernatural stuff in my promotion. That's something that I think can work for some people. It certainly has. It it was a career for the, well, almost an entire career for The Undertaker, minus the American Badass years, which he still managed to pull off. It certainly worked for Kane. It even worked for Bray Wyatt to the eyes of a lot of people. Uh, I know there's vocals out there, but for most people, Bray Wyatt, the or the the fiend, I should say, worked for a lot of people. But I'm not looking for supernatural stuff out of mind. That's not to say it won't be, there won't be room for it to be a little darker. Optimal Universe, spelled Unaverse. Have you ever played the tabletop game Rumble Slam? Okay, I've heard of this game. It's a fantasy wrestling, so think D&D for wrestling. Okay, I have heard of this game a long time ago. I did a stream, I think it was probably on Twitch, for, for Wizards of the Coast, and it was called D&DW. Dungeons and Dragons Wrestling. And it was run by this actor who does voice work for all the anime that you've seen. I don't like the term voice actor because he's an actor. He just does voices, but we're all actors. I hate that crap. On Star Wars, what was it? Side quest. On Star Wars Rogue One, they had the actors that were considered the live action actors separate from the voice actors on the red carpet when they took the picture of all the actors in the movie. So, and I just thought that was so disrespectful to the other actors that were in that film because it's all such a powerful part of the process. And to just overlook them like that is like, oh, wow, you really don't appreciate him. We know you don't financially, but that's like next level. That's artistically you're not respecting him. That's crazy. His name is KG Von Tang, and he's awesome, okay? He runs a monsters-only wrestling D&D league so you can't be like, a, you have to be a monster to be in it. And I was an owl bear, which is a half owl, half, you guessed it, bear. And I was an indie wrestler. My inspiration was Kevin Owens. And I was cursed to understand and speak every language of every culture, beast, whatever, except my own by a wizard long ago, who I ate, by the way. It was their final episode. And I beat everyone's ass because you know your boy represented. And I am, because that was their final episode and they didn't get picked up for another season. That's how, that's how much of an impact I made. I am the D&DW wrestling champion. So put some respect on my name when you tweet me. It's champion. And I, what was my name? I think it was Horace. Horace the Owlbear. And he was bad. Y'all, he was, he was badass. But I need to get this game. When I get off this podcast, I'll order it off of evil Amazon, because it's not at the game shop that I go to. I know that for a fact. Uh, and support your local game shops if you don't. Find one close by and, and purchase there instead of Amazon. It'll definitely keep them in business. And your friends and family will thank you for having such great games to play. And our final question of the day, and I love doing this episode with you guys. Is there any wrestlers you have your eye on for your promotion? And is there any new match type ideas you have? Okay, what can I say here? New match types, no. I was pitching ideas back and forth or tossing ideas at, at MJF. And it obviously 
deteriorated quickly into jokes back and forth. The worst match we came up with, I think, was a trapeze match. Suspended the, the line between two elephants. And halfway through the match, we pull the net, I think is eventually where it went. But I promise I'm not going to do that. Uh, it'll be more old school, more traditional style matches. It'll be the world around it that is different. And are there any wrestlers? Yeah, I, this one I even said on social media. Somebody said, hey, you should think about Killer Cross for your new promotion. And I retweeted, he already knows. Like, I've, I've spoke to him months ago. The moment his contract was no more at WWE. Oh, hey, buddy. I randomly had a FaceTime with him and when he was on the road with John Morrison. When John was briefly back with the WWE. And they had him and Cross cruising together. Johnny just will randomly FaceTime me from time to time, which is so much cooler than a text or a phone call. I love it when old friends FaceTime and I get to see their face and see their big smiles. He panned it over to Cross and I was like, oh, I popped big. I was like, oh, dude, what's up, man? I said, you and your girl are like like the satanic, super hot uh, macho man in Elizabeth. And he laughed and chuckled. I said, this is before they pulled him up to the main roster. I said, man, I love what you guys are doing over there for real. And so that's when he and I first met. So as soon as he was gone, he was one of the first guys that I reached out to where I was like, hey, man, you know, whatever you sign, make sure the contract's up in about a year and a half. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, so Cross is definitely a cat that uh, that I like. There's a lot of guys out there. I can't just throw everybody's name out. But since I said that one on, on Twitter, it's okay. A, a lot of y'all reached out. A lot of indie wrestlers reached out. So it was, you know, I can't get back to everybody, but I checked out a few that were like, yo, look at my work, this and that, that had links there. There were some people that were like, hey, give me a job. And there's nothing I can do with that. And I'm a year and a half out anyway. But I looked at a few links. I was like, dang, man. Like I saw this one, dude. I was like, dang, I'll call his ass for sure. But I can't say any names yet. Uh, but he was legit. So, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm working hard on that. And I love doing this episode. Thank you guys for all of your awesome questions. They made me laugh. A couple of them made me think. A couple of them were really good. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been the end of season one of Wrestling with Freddie, but not the end of our show. I thank each and every one of you so much for joining this journey with us and for joining the Federation. And I look forward to talking to all of y'all next season with all kinds of new crazy stuff that we're doing. So thank you for listening and thank you for joining the Federation. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca, o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocócica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocócica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumucósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.